Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Sammy Callahan. The one know each other under Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello and welcome to Broken but Glorious. I'm Chris Lappin. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by DK Abel. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. How are you surviving? I don't know. Is it lockdown where you are? Yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I'm I'm south of Pittsburgh, and, and pretty much everything is locked down right now. Yeah, yeah, same here. I'm in my sixth week of working from home, so it's, which has been a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm trying to entertain two kids whilst working at the same time. So you must just start the beginning. Who was your uh, favorite wrestler growing up? Um, growing up, my favorite I'd say was Kurt Angle. So was Kurt Angle who you wanted to mold your star around when you started training? Um, he's definitely one of them. Um, I'm, I, uh, I wrestled amateur, um, growing up. So I've, I've incorporated a lot of the technical mat, um, style into my matches. Yeah. So what, what actually prompted you to do all the tights and get into the ring in the first place? Um, I mean, it wasn't ever really much of a question to me. It was just something <laughs> that I do. So when I, when I was old enough to give it a try, I, I got right into it. Cool. Did you have an idea of what character you wanted to, when you start training, did you have an idea of a character or did it just evolve as you went through your training? It's, it's kind of evolved. Um, I mean, wrestling's always evolving as well, so I just kind of evolved with it the best that I can. Mm-hmm. When I when I first started, it was like around 2010, 2011 when I started training and um, people weren't using um, as many uh, gimmicky kind of names. Everyone was just kind of going by, by no. real names. No. Um, so I, I just kind of started off going off of the, the whole amateur wrestling background and that's, that's where I started from. And then I've kind of gone, um, a little bit more over the top as things progressed, uh, incorporated yeah. <laughs> kind of superhero stick in with the, the real wrestler background. Oh, cool. Is that where the bulletproof moniker comes from then? Your superhero? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you come up with that nickname? Um, the, the origin of that was basically, I was thinking of the, all the different wrestlers that I watched growing up and their nicknames. And I remember Bret Hart was the sharpshooter and he called himself the best there is and the best there was and the best there ever will be. And I'm like, okay, well, if I wanted to be better than the best and he's a sharpshooter, well then I would be a uh, bulletproof. Ah, that's great. So that's great. That was, that was the origin of it. And then the gimmick kind of followed suit with that and I, uh, kind of, um, just let it progress. Superhero culture has become very popular over the last 10 years, so I just kind of let that influence the direction that I was going in. Take us back to your first match. What do you remember about it in hindsight? Have you been back and watched it? Did you enjoy it? Um, Did it go yeah, well? It was a good match overall. My, my first match um, live was against uh, Jack Pollock. Um, anyone around the Pittsburgh area probably knows. I recognize that name. Yeah. Yeah, he... Um, I think he's the current IWC heavyweight champion. I could be mistaken. I don't work with IWC, um, but he's he's mm. a talented guy. Uh, we had we had a good match. It was early on in his career. He was um, he was trained by by Lance Storm, um, and I went through the the NWA school in the area Pittsburgh area. 
Um, but he started just a few months before me, I believe. So he was my first match. Um, it was a good match overall. Uh, I can't remember all of it. He he uh, he was doing kind of comedy stuff, and I was green, so there was definitely a little bit of uh, uh, comedy in the match. But it's hard to remember all the spots right off the top of my head. Cool. So so take us through some of the your your versions of your characters. So you started off as an amateur wrestler angle type style, and you've got to a superhero type character. So yeah, fill in um, the fill in the middle. <laughs> so. okay. Well, there there were definitely a lot of uh, differences to my character. Um, I started off doing the amateur wrestling thing. I, I carried that over to a few different promotions. Um, I did a tag team um, with a friend of mine who uh, played uh, college football. So we did like a superstar athlete tag team. We called ourselves the Playmakers. Um, then at, at one of the places I was working, they... They kept booking me into tag teams with people I had nothing to do with, just out of happenstance, because I was new to the promotion, and they were trying out a bunch of different other guys, so I kept getting mixed and matched into different tag teams. So yeah. from that, I developed a gimmick where I was kind of uh, protesting the, the management and said that I didn't want to be thrown together in a bunch yeah. of <laughs> pairings. So I started kind of protesting, um, and from there, I developed my own kind of revolution within the, the wrestling promotion. It was called RWA. Um, it's another Pittsburgh area one. Mm-hmm. But the revolutionary gimmick turned into me kind of being the dictator of my own nation. I had a bunch of followers with me, and I started wearing like army uh, like army getup and, and armor and stuff. Yeah. And the steel oh, plates in my armor then I took with me when I transitioned back to a baby face and, and became the superhero. So I kind of kept some of the attire that I used as a dictator and I transitioned back to the to the um to the more straightforward babyface type of type of thing, but the look kind of fit the superhero get up. So it was kind of a fluid transition, as weird as that sounds. So so what what's the Pittsburgh wrestling scene like? Um it varies a lot. I I'd say it's it's really strong right now, but it depends on where you look and who you ask. There's a lot of I'm trying to think. There's probably four four primary promotions who all kind of run and compete uh, yeah. with each other. So it, we we all kind of struggle to to get notoriety outside of the region. Like if you go if you go to some other cities, there's like one big promotion, and so it's kind of easier to get recognition if you're the top yeah. of promotion. Pittsburgh's a little bit different because we're all kind of rivaling each other a little bit. And um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to say because we, we get people in and out. I've wrestled some Philly-based guys, Ohio-based guys. They come in and out. Um, but I, I, I think that the Pittsburgh area is, is very underrated, um, especially right now. A lot of the wrestlers in this area, I think, are really talented. And we have we have a lot of legacy in Pittsburgh that, that kind of gets overlooked a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you if you rambled off the top ten wrestlers of all time, two of them Pittsburgh, pretty much by anyone's measure, yes. is, you know, and Kurt Angle. Um, and Pittsburgh's not exactly a huge city. You know, it's it's kind of a no. it's kind of a, a smaller hub, um, if you will. So so I, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of lineage in this area and a lot of talented people who get 
overlooked for a lot of reasons. Um, so, yeah, if anyone, if anyone in your audience is listening, I, I think that you would do well to, to check out a lot of the Pittsburgh wrestling. It's, it's, um, it's very different, I think, than some of the top quote unquote indie promotions because yeah. we don't try to emulate the, um, the kind of stuff that you see, like a lot of, a lot of the top indies, if you look to, to the bigger cities like Chicago, New York, Philly, they kind of yes always feel like they're ROH light or AEW light, like they're trying to emulate those styles. In Pittsburgh, we kind of have a hodgepodge of everything. Right? If you come to a show, you'll get some WWE style matches, some some um, you know strong style type matches, some comedy type matches, because everybody brings their influences from different things. We're not all just trying to emulate the same thing that we see is trendy right now. So is is there a, a like a Pittsburgh style? So I I would say so. I think it's a balanced style. Yeah. Um, the the name I, I I've mentioned twice already is Kurt Angle, but like the if you watch Kurt Angle's best matches, he kind of adapts to the style of his opponent, and that's mm-hmm. that's the way that Pittsburgh wrestling seems to go. You kind of blend the two styles together. We have some guys who do the style who do um, strong style and we have big men and, and hardcore wrestlers and everybody kind of knows the flavor of their opponent and we kind of match accordingly. And that, that's, that's the thing that I think that the best wrestler can do. Um, Shawn Michaels is yeah. another one who would adapt his style based on his opponent. And that's the way that Pittsburgh wrestling feels. It's not like everything is the same thing. It's not like every match is highly choreographed. Um, you're not getting a million super kicks. I mean, you, you do, you do get some of the stuff that, that, that you'll see in the other areas, but it, it doesn't feel the same as every other place. Ah, so who are some of the guys in the Pittsburgh scene that we should be looking out for? Then? Um, okay, well, let me think. Right, right now, one of the hottest people, I'd say, is Lee Moriarty. He, he gets brought up in a lot of conversations. I already mentioned Jack Pollock. Um, Chris LaRusso uh, is one of the top guys over at IWC. He, uh, he's he been in, like, Future of Honor matches. Um, another yes, guy that I've, I've worked that with. Way. Another guy that I've worked with who, who's done some stuff with Future of Honor is uh, the Reverend Ron Hunt. Um, I like him a lot. Um, I just took over as the, um, the creative director and the head trainer at PWX, so I'm hoping to start developing a lot of uh, good talent out of PWX. Um, there's there's yes. a lot of young guys coming through there. One who I've worked with a lot is a, a big powerhouse kind of guy. His name is Brohemoth. He's he's definitely got a lot of potential. So I, I um, like it when guys have names like that because you, you just you can just pitch them straight away. He's like he's Brohemoth. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. can't know what he. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's it's Brohemoth. So he's he's a bro, but he's also a yeah. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of guys. I, I could sit here for, for another 10 minutes and name the guys that I've worked with who I really like. They're, they're some yeah. who have been around for a long time, um, who haven't gotten a ton of attention on like a national scene. One is, is uh, Brandon Kay. He's the the um, the head trainer over at, at Rise Wrestling, which is another promotion in the area. Um, he's great to work with. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to build up a lot of the, the guys who don't currently have a ton of notoriety um within pwx where i'm i'm going to be the creative director so 
hopefully more and more it just picks up. Because um, Philadelphia and New York are like huge on American geography. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia. They have, they have... Philadelphia is is definitely a, a you know a mainstay for wrestling, especially. I mean, I don't even consider them indies usually, no. but other do is is ECW came out of there, and then ROH came out of there. Chicago so, comes out there as well, isn't it? What's that? Chicago comes out of yeah, 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 Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, so for for whatever reason, I, I I think it's just because the Philly New York area is kind of the same market, and it's a huge market. So any hmm. anything that picks up there can pick up globally relatively quick. Um, and and we will get we will get people traveling in um, from Philadelphia to to the Pittsburgh shows a decent amount. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, there's 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 good crossover there too because we do um, interact with with kind of the other big markets, so we know what's trendy and we can keep up with it. Like I've trained, I've trained, um, I've done a couple of Ring of Honor camps, and I went down to uh, the the training school that that Cheeseburger runs out in Pitts and uh, out in Philly, the Worldwide Dojo. I've worked out yeah. there a bit, um, so I I try to keep myself well versed in, in kind of the the style. That goes on in Japan and, and Philly and New York and you know what they do up in NXT and ROH and that. Um, but th- those, like I said, th- th- that style kind of is all moving in the same direction all the time. And, and in Pittsburgh, we kind of keep a lot of our roots and a lot of the stuff that I don't think other promotions around the country and around the world really try to hold on to very much. I was going to say, and at the same time, we're, we're evolving, I think, more or at least as much as anything else because i've done um you know the cinematic approach to wrestling that's been picking up i've done four or five of those matches already um yeah i don't i don't know anyone else in the in the uh country outside of the big promotions who's even attempted any of them but within pwx we've we've done a few um where we put them up on our up on our screen for the live audience and then you know they've been well received so we're 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 hopefully gonna do more of those uh, when we're able to start shows back up, and actually, even even um, before we're allowed to actually do live shows, we're going to be doing yes. some media broadcasts. Cool. Are they available on YouTube for our listeners to watch? Or... Uh, yes, they will be. Um, I can supply you the link um, if you can kind of get that out to your audience. I don't have it offhand yet because I haven't published. Yeah, I'll, I'll include it in the link in the description below the interview. Yeah. If anyone go and watch them. So, what what are your thoughts on? how the independent scene is now compared to when you started in the business? Um, well, I've, I've kind of touched on it. It's definitely always evolving and changing. Mm. It's, it, it seems like it's more um, athletically competitive, which is good. But at the same time, it seems like it's less grounded in traditional wrestling. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So... I think there there's positives and negatives to go with that. I use it to my advantage because nobody else that I come across has any amateur style wrestling background. So if I can shoot wrestle for the first two minutes of a match, then everybody looks at me and they say, Oh, this guy's a real wrestler, you know, and not a lot of people can, can kind of say that or do that. This is daredevil Dave doll here. And you're listening to broken, but glorious. I just got done talking to these fellas. You need to give them a listen because this is the best podcast you will find out of New England, and you can't go wrong with that. 
And I will tell you one thing. These guys will go and rule over all the podcasts that you listen to. Thank you for listening. If you were a promoter for a day, and I was promoting a show, I've called it Bulletproof. So, <laughs> so using wrestlers you've ever worked with or trained or trained with, um, if I give you a match type, could you tell me which wrestlers go in that match and why they'll be in the match? Um, yeah, and like uh, no no restrictions to anyone. Somebody associated to you, so you've either worked with them or trained them or trained with them. Okay. Yeah, so. Cool, so who will be in your opening match to excite the crowd? Uh, my opening match, if I I can just kind of go with the pool of guys that I've worked with, I would say Lee Moriarty and Zeke Mercer would be the two that I'd pick. They're both both based out of Pittsburgh. They're both yes. happy, exciting, fast-paced, young, um, can get the crowd into it. How about, how about a comedy match? Um, let me think for a moment. Because I know a lot of the guys who were doing comedy when I broke in with them, I don't think do it anymore. No. So like Jack Pollock, I know, did a lot of comedy early on, but I don't think he does. I think he's more serious these days. Um, so, okay, Timothy Titan would be in that match. I'd say Timothy Titan and Beast Man would be the two that I would put in there. Um, Beast Man is, is a, uh, what he sounds like. He's a giant caveman. Yes. And Timothy Titan <laughs> uh, works... Works uh, with me at PWX. Um, some of the stuff that we're yeah. working on to get started with. He does um, a lot of uh, heel type of comedy shtick where he's running and hiding and cheating and trying to avoid a fight. So that would be my go-to. Beastman and Timothy Tite. <laughs> I, love, I love both names. <laughs> what about a women's title match? Um, women's title. Women's title. I've worked with a lot of the younger and, and greener women, because I've kind of trained alongside with Brandon Kay at Rise, and I'm training at PWX. So I haven't spent a lot of time around who I would say are the elite women in the Pittsburgh area yet. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to think though, who, who do I like out of the women's? Team? Um, one I like a lot is is Lady Frost. She um, travels um, a decent amount. Um, she actually had her debut wrestling match on Monday Night Raw um, mm. against Asuka when they were pushing Asuka against kind of a local uh, jobber, for lack of a better term, every week. She she got on the Pittsburgh show and and, oh, wow. and wrestled Asuka. So I'd say Lady Frost, I don't know. I don't know if she would count anymore as a Pittsburgh area worker, but Kelly Klein, she, she oh, yes. yeah, you know who she is. Because she's yes. wrestled in Ring of Honor and stuff, but she she wrestled a lot of shows in the Pittsburgh area. I think she's actually based out of Ohio, but she wrestled a lot of shows in the Pittsburgh area before she got popular. So those would be those would be the two I'd like to see in there. I think. So with, with Pittsburgh being such like a, a technical wrestling, traditional wrestling town, is women's wrestling taken the like hasn't? Um, there's there's definitely a market for women's wrestling. It's it's presented in different ways at every different premiere. So. Yeah, I has a strong women's division um, for sure. Brit, Brittany Baker um, from um, AEW, Britt Baker is is out of IWC. Um, Kelly Klein worked at all the promotions around here. At Rise Wrestling, they do a lot of intergender wrestling, so yeah. they have um, kind of the women just work right in with the men. 
And then at PWX, we at least last year went the exact opposite route where they were having all men shows and all women shows. All um, right, that's interesting. So there's there's definitely a lot of women's wrestling in Pittsburgh, and and I I would say that I think it's um, it's better than the national average in terms of of technicality and actual in ring skills, um, and that's not to put down anyone else because we obviously we have people coming from Philly and Ohio and West Virginia and New York and wherever to come wrestle in Pittsburgh. But that's what our focus is more on. It's more on the technical style of wrestling. So the women will get to go in and work an intergender match and they can show off, you know, all their technical skills against the men. And then we have Mm. full shows devoted to women where, you know, you can't hold people's attention for a full show if you can't wrestle. Yeah, definitely. I've I've noticed over the last Oh, four or five years you used to have the token women's match which usually had usually a multi-women match and it lasted 10 minutes in the middle of the show but now my local show the headlining shows there's the the one contender at my local promotion won the rumble and she's alexis falcon so she's the number one contender to the men's title so, yeah <laughs> yeah there, there's definitely a lot more integration um i, I have mixed feelings about the best way to, to incorporate women on the show. I, I think that usually the best way to go is to have them have their own separate division. Mm. That way you know that they're going to get their opportunity to, to wrestle. And then they're not, you're not going to have kind of the, the gender war that comes with trying to decide if you should have the intergender matches and all that. If, if, if they have their, their own division that lets them shine yes. and it's treated as seriously as the men's division then I think that that's usually the best way to go. And that's, that's I think, what the mentality was when PWX decided to have full men's shows and full women's shows, is just let them have as much you know time to shine as they can. Definitely. So we'll, we'll go on to an intergender match, then. Who would be in that, then? Um, well, I already used two of the women. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go... Um, there's a girl who started out of here. I think she, she wrestles more in the Cleveland area now. Um, but I'd say Meg Myers. She does um, kind of like a um, female monster zombie witch kind of uh, gimmick. Yeah. Um, I'd say Meg Myers against Christian Noir would be would be my match because he does a similar kind of gimmick. So they could... That could be interesting. Yeah. They, they both, both <laughs> dark mysterious creepy type of gimmicks and that way it kind of offsets any physical difference between the two of them with you know the supernatural elements you could do like a cinematic thing like a blair witch project in the woods type of yeah like which type of the match i think would be interesting to see cool well, but, were you being so close to where ecw started out is there much of a hardcore scene in pittsburgh then or? Yeah, it, it comes and goes. There, there, um, there. When when I first started, there was a promotion called V V O W, who was really yeah. into the hardcore stuff. They, I think, migrated down to West Virginia, where the the state doesn't have as many regulations. So I think they can do <laughs> death matches and stuff down in West Virginia. Um, yeah, <laughs> there, there's definitely there's definitely an audience for that here for sure. I think I think most shows will try to incorporate like one extreme rules match to make sure that they kind of cover that base with the, the fans who love it. Um, but it's not, you know, since VOW migrated away, it, it doesn't fill up any entire shows. 
so we'll go up, we're gonna do that next then. So a, a hardcore extreme rules or a extreme um, gimmick match. Or... Okay, extreme rules match. I would say um, Shirley Doe goes in there. He's he's an old um, old school guy here. He trained a lot of the top names who have gotten out of this area. He trained um, Elias uh, most reputably. Oh wow! Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to misattribute. I know he's trained a lot of guys, but I don't want to say he trained someone for sure who I don't know for sure because there have been a lot of trainers in this area. But I know he he trained Elias, and I know he he wrestled in Japan and stuff and had a lot of hardcore type matches. And and even when he wrestles on shows still today, that's usually where he goes is to um, the hardcore type. So I'd I'd put him in there. And I'm trying to think who else I like in a hardcore type of match. Um, maybe Patrick Hayes. He was he was yeah. heavy PWX. I think I'd like to see that. I don't know. They might have had they, they they might have had a couple of hardcore matches at some point. Patrick Hayes and Shirley Doe, um, but none none that I've seen. So so that that would probably be a go to for that. Cool. Um, tag team title match. Tag team title match. I I think the top tag team in the area is. Uh, they go by the main event. It's um, Gannon Jones Jr. and Duke Davis. Um, they're yes. two six foot five uh, athletic dudes with with dreads. They have a great look, uh, great athleticism. They're awesome in the ring. Um, so they're they're the top tag team in our now. I'd say, kind of by anyone's measure. And who would I like to see hop in the ring with them? There have been there have been a lot of good tag teams. But they don't, they don't always stay around very often. No, or very long. Um, That's it. You're the promoter. You don't just have to just be one tag yeah, team. You can make. Right, it I, might have to mix match. Or... I, I might have to mix match. <laughs> you don't like each other. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say I'd say the Revron Hunt, who I already mentioned, um, his former yes. protege, uh, brother Jordan, who broke away, and and they're they're uh, they're not. Not together anymore, but I'd, I'd put them back together to see that that match. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's your main event, so you got to put yourself in the main event? Or? Well, I was leaving myself out of the show entirely. Um, <laughs> so so my, myself excluded, uh, my main event would be... Ooh, that's tough now, because I've named a lot of the guys that I really like. Um, okay, Brandon K. I didn't put in this show, so I'll put him in the main event. And... Um, I'll put him against Brohim. Uh, Brohim oh, is, oh, cool. is a big dude. Brandon K is is uh, more of a cruiserweight style, but he's also a technician. So I, I think that they they could work a decent match together. Kind of different styles, but they could they could play off each other the way that Pittsburgh guys tend to do. Right, that sounds like a little card. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. This is Bill Bain, and you are listening to Broken but Glorious. <laughs> This is usually where I'd ask what where can people see you in the near future, but have you got any plans to keep yourself or your friends entertained during the rest of the lockdown? Or? Yeah, um, so we actually, at PWX, we, we managed to film a few empty arena matches before we went into lockdown, and we're going to post our first social media show this Saturday at 6pm. Um, it's going to be available through Facebook and YouTube. Um, yes, with- I will provide you the link for um, basically it's it's able media on YouTube and Facebook, but the 
direct link to the video is going to be, you know, one of those long FMXQ, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, values that make no sense. Yeah. Um, that, that'll be the first one. It'll be Saturday, May 2nd. We're going to put it up 6 p.m. It's going to be a lot of the, the new PWX talent um, who just finished up training and have been uh, waiting to get their debut. So it'll be their debut match for, for the world to see on social media. Um, obviously, uh, as you've probably seen in WWE, without the crowd, it, it things a little unorthodox. So we're trying to make up for that with uh, commentary and probably a little bit of background music. Um, but the matches are good. They've all been filmed. I just got to, you know, do the post-production on all of them uh, before we post it. Uh, we're hoping actually to do a social media show every month through uh, PWS. Oh, oh, it's okay. Because our, uh, our strict lockdown, I think, ends May 9th, the one that says kind of no businesses are allowed to open. <laughs> um, I think after that, <laughs> they're going to be a little bit more lenient. So we're going to try to film about a match a week and do a monthly broadcast on social media until we're allowed to um, have live events with a crowd. Yeah, we've, we've just been locked down for another three weeks. Uh, I'm guessing in another three weeks, I'll lock us down for another three weeks. <laughs> so, right, right. That's what seems to be the pattern at the moment. Yeah. About, and, oh, wait, and, oh. and, um, I, I just, I'm going to say before I forget, the, the social okay. media shows that, that we are going to be producing because we're not selling tickets or anything, they're going to be funded mm-hmm. through, through Patreon. Um, it's patreon.com slash able me I believe I'll double check that link and give it to you yes um, so if anyone wants to support indie wrestling in one of the only ways that you really can right now that, that, that'll be an option as I said all, all links will be in the description below the interview so what about away from wrestling have you been binging any series that um, you could recommend yeah I mean I've, I've uh, I, I haven't really been binging anything but I've I've been watching a lot of, of stuff on, on Disney Plus and Netflix. Um, I've been catching up on some of the movies that I didn't get to see last year. I just watched Creed 2 um, for the first time Yeah, the, uh, in the Rocky series. That was really good. Um, I haven't seen Creed 2. Yeah, I really enjoyed Creed 1. Yeah, yeah. I have not a chance yeah, to see I, it. Yeah, I, I enjoy all the Rocky movies, and Creed 1 was really good. So I watched Creed 2 last night. It was, it was very good. Um, I'm trying to think. There were a couple other movies that I had been... The, the, the fight scene in Creed 1 was filmed in my local football stadium. In oh, Gibson yeah? Park. Yeah. yeah. That's why Sylvester Stallone claims he supports Everton now. That's where it was filmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm loving The Mandalorian. I went back and watched far too many. I've got a four-year-old and a 14-year-old so trying to find something for them both to watch to entertain them, so we've watched loads of Disney, loads of Pixar. Yeah, I actually <laughs> Mandalorian yet. I am a Star Wars fan, but I, I just when it when it came on, I was super busy, and I yeah. don't know. I don't know if I, I I've I've been keeping myself busy, so I haven't really wanted to dive into a series that I would have to pay. A ton there's of a, the, yeah, there's a there's only ten episodes, and they're only forty minutes each, so you could you could probably do it in a day. <laughs> yeah, really, maybe that'll be something to do. To yeah, do <laughs> one day that I I do find myself with some free time. About yeah, well, wrestling wise, or you've been watching? Um, yeah, wrestling wise, uh, I've mentioned him twice already, but I actually I went back and specifically I went to Kurt Angle's pay per view debut and just watched all of his WWE pay per view matches in a row. Oh wow! Yeah, that, which I mean that that doesn't take long to do. His his first stretch was only six years, so it's you know 
however many pay-per-views over that period of time and you're only watching one match of the pay-per-view. Probably about 60 ma- 50, 50 or 60 matches for me. Yeah, something like that. But but it was it was definitely fun to go back and watch because a lot of the matches, um, I forgot, you know, how good they were. And, and then there were some that I, you know, forgot had ever even happened. And then obviously rewatching all the classics was great. Um, I'll be a great I'll idea probably, for a I'll podcast be... to go back and watch all the Kurt Angle matches. That'd be a great idea for a podcast to go back and watch all the Kurt yeah, Angle. Watch, watch all, all of his matches from then. I, I, I I enjoyed doing that a lot, um, so I might do that for some other wrestlers who I really like. Um, it'd be tough to decide who who the next one to go to would be, though, because I'd say my next two favorites would be Jericho and Christian. Yes, um, but their careers were at least within WWE were were longer and a little bit less straightforward in terms of finding their pay per view matches because Kurt Angle kind of jumped right into the main event, so I could yeah. just kind pay-per-view to pay-per-view to pay-per-view and just kind of go to the end of the show and it was pretty much easy to find one. <laughs> Christian's yeah. match would be a lot harder to find because he was there two years earlier in the light heavyweight division and the tag team division and then Jericho was up and down the card for you know 10 years rather than pretty much the straight main event for six. Mm. I've went back and started watching the Raw from the beginning so I really enjoyed it and that's nice nostalgia. Yeah, I, I, I did that. I did that too. Actually, I think I tried to do that twice, and I stopped watching in the like '96 because then I tried to watch Raw and Nitro, and then it gets too hard. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, yeah, I wanted to start to wanted, two hours. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to watch every every Raw through, but then I was like, wait, I want to know what it at the same time. So I tried to watch all the Raws and all the Nitros back and forth through, and then I got too hard, and then I stopped. Yeah, I think we'll st- so we'll watch this. TV show, and then we'll watch the pay per view. I think we're up to we've just watched some Slam ninety four, so so yeah. we're about just about yeah about eighteen months in. It's, it's really fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing you're giving your given having this time off wrestling is good for you, giving your body a rest, and you can evaluate what's gone well and what's not gone so well for you recently. You can make little tweaks to your character for when you return. So that be guessing there's positives to having this time off. Yeah. Um... It, it it definitely is is giving me time to to reflect and and evaluate things. Um, it's more so. I mean, the the rest for my body isn't isn't the best thing in the world because I wish I could be at the gym. You know, yes, that's the biggest thing. I don't know if, if the the time off is going to be a, a positive or negative in that aspect. I, I you know I have my home gym with like dumbbells and stuff, but it's not the same. Um, and and the character stuff, I'm kind of, I'm mostly set into to, to where my character is going to be for the foreseeable future. Mostly right now, my wrestling mm-hmm. focus is on, on um, training the the class of PWX guys and and making sure that those shows go off well. Because um, I've 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 pretty much squared into where I am. I've I've got different versions of my character that I can um, go back to and and kind of you know if I'm changing to be a heel or a baby face go up and down the card there's there's 10 different versions of danny abel that i can transition to and from mm. so for me that that doesn't take a whole lot of thinking anymore i've kind of found who i am so i'm, I'm mostly trying to help other other guys younger guys figure out who they are and, and work their way into the shows good luck with this your show this weekend and do you want to promote your social media before we go 
Um, yeah, I, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at DK underscore Abel. Um, if anyone wants to follow me, I'll also um, be sure to, to share the uh, social uh, media broadcast link on, on my uh, pages there. So if uh, anyone has some free time on Saturday or Sunday, uh, which I'm sure everyone does, then they can, they can check yes. out our, our <laughs> events. Yeah, for UK listeners, that would be 11 o'clock our yeah, time. 6 p.m. here. So, yeah, <laughs> it'll be 11 start time there. But, that, I mean, it's I think it's an hour show. It's only it's only four matches. Um, all, uh, all pretty much young guys. Uh, I, I think there's five debuts. Yes. Uh, on the episode, so. Oh, brilliant. So, I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. So, maybe once all this is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I'd definitely be into it.